Hold on to the yard arms, tease out the top sails, and lay anchor into the bay of another week's adventure of Dead Men Roll No Crits. Uh, this be your ship surgeon here, sewing together book three of Skull and Shackles with my four maligned and ailing sea scallywags of players. Uh, they are Jipper, Rebecca, Seth, and Tyler. How ye be doing, folks? Yarg. Ahoy. Yarg. Oh, I be. Co- I'll be guesting here as Dad Murder and Jim this episode. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm it. only Dad Murder and Jim. This Cassius fellow's gone for this episode. <laughs> Is this how Dad Murder and Jim talks? Oh, Dad Murder and Jim. Really, I'm really the foster father of the entire crew. <laughs> if you Is have he, your daddy you problems. Say- did he say he was going to murder our dads? I don't know. No one understands him. <laughs> it's like whisper down the alley, but you get intentionally more and more obtuse as time goes on. <laughs> uh, guys, it's been about a year since we started this strange voyage here on the podcast, this adventure, um, since we started recording them in, in um pandemic stricken uh, summer of 2020 um i gotta say uh after you know 52 episodes this is 53 um it's been a rousing success for me i've had a lot of fun it's very much sold me on on second edition which i I think when i started it i was like we'll see how this goes you know that kind of thing (laughs) i have to agree that it's been time spent (laughs) we have crushed some time um, but yeah, combat is just it's it it's somehow more brutal than than Starfinder First Edition. Um, it's still fun for I think GMs. Sometimes I don't know. I feel like First Edition was a lot of homework, especially when you had something like a uh, <laughs> like a high level spellcaster mm-hmm. uh, to to deal with. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm well, liking second edition more than I've enjoyed it. I thought I would, and probably more than first edition now, which I didn't think would happen so soon. I think it would. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to take a while, but one of the things I'm curious to see is, um, well, and I guess first edition was kind of this way too. But I keep having the desire to name my weapons because it's like, oh, it's not Starfinder. I'm going to have this weapon probably forever mm-hmm. and the ap's giving me all these cool weapons like tied the tide water or tied something cutlass and the uh brine sting it's like oh man i should name my throwing knives <laughs> i wonder if more players in second edition feel like they could they should name their weapons so that when they're like level you know 16 or 17 like have this like name infamous them after, weapon uh Name them after like the Pac-Man ghost. It's like it's Inky Binky, Blinky and Pinky. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say Larry, Jerry, Barry, Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't one of them just called Clyde for no reason at all? Yes. <laughs> like, it was Inky yeah. Binky, Inky Blinky, get, Pinky get a, and Clyde. Get a, Tyler get a crossover with uh, Cosmic Crit, and it could be Kevin, Evan, Jeff, and Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Devin. Fly, Kevin, fly. Fling. <laughs> what if uh, I, I like thinking in Pathfinder, um, like IRL mundane names are like really exotic and rare in Pathfinder. So like dad murdering Jim is kind of a uh, uh, a rare name. 
Kevin the Blade. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> really cool in this AP. I thought it's... Dad Murder and Jim was supposed to die a while yeah. ago. <laughs> Kev- Dad Kevin and Jim lives on in our hearts. Forever, yeah. Kevin uh Kevin the Blade's special ability is to uh spill chili once a day. <laughs> okay. Uh Bad guys, this... reference. <laughs> <laughs> not, not good. Not appreciated. <laughs> Get him. Not Get appreciated. Him, oh, come on. <laughs> Yell at him. Even um, if there's no chili to be found, he just spills chili. Yeah, it just it just it spills it creates it. It magically generates chili. <laughs> Sorry, I upset Rebecca before the recording. That's the that's the that's the that's the worst can trip I've ever heard. <laughs> Guys, it does, uh, it does acid damage. I was gonna say, is it acid damage or fire damage? Is it a uh, oh yeah, because it's hot. Damage? Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's it's split type. It's acid yeah. and fire. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone becomes friends over the pot. <laughs> uh, guys, this week's episode starts in a bit of a time skip. I, I alluded to at the end of last week as we're moving ahead some months in in the story. Um, it's been about a year since the campaign's beginning. A whole season has passed. These southern seas, though, you know, south of the the storm, you know, th- there's not, like, actual seasons. Maybe you get some much colder, crisper nights during the winter time. Um, maybe towards the north, they get some more storms and things like that. But for the most part, you guys and your crew have found your sea legs over the intervening months as crew of the Tidebreaker, uh, you fought off rival pirates, chillish hunters, undead apparitions, as well as took on a whole tribe of aquatic warriors hellbent on your destruction. And for the last couple of weeks, you've been, you've been making a name for yourself across the islands of the Shackles as, you know, one of the toughest crews uh, alive, telling stories while you unload treasures from hidden buried chest as well as taken off of merchant vessels and um all the while like i said telling telling tales and towns and ports and uh, amongst other ships of sailors all about your adventures gaining a good deal of infamy disrepute across the isles of the shackles and yeah eventually word must get out that you have in your hold this massive stone throne from Cyrus Wolf's treasure hoard from the the Sea Devil tribe's lair. Uh, Something you're looking to unload and uh, it is an ancient treasure from from a long lost society. One day as you're adventuring uh, you hear a a squawking sound in the the rigging and see the parrot Rotgut seemingly in an altercation with a uh, a large black raven um, kind of near the, the edge of the ship. They're going at it. Just quack, quack, quack. Rock cut. <laughs> gotta, gotta cut a crow. <laughs> Alaris, do you take ownership of this bird? Is this your favorite bird? Yeah, generally, I, I, mm-hmm. as a follower of Desna, um, the uh, sign of winged creatures is uh, often a sign from the goddess. So I think that she would look very kindly on a bird. I see it as a uh, good luck token. Um, and also beloved pet. As you investigate, um, it's rock gut seems to be 
kind of picking at the bird's leg and it will fly off and kind of land again every once in a while. And you see there seems to be a, a small uh, case attached to the raven. I warily take the case. Can I catch it? Yeah. Oh, you can try by making me a, a nature roll. Raven was just going to work. It's on his way, delivering <laughs> Amazon packages. Oh, that's only a two on the die for a 12. Uh, yeah, so as, as you uh, <laughs> try to get near it, uh, Rock Gut will retreat to your shoulder, and this bird obviously takes a bite at your hands. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've, I've rolled secretly one point of damage to you um, as it nips at your finger, maybe draws a little bit of blood. Uh, make me a reflex save. All right. I'm a master at those. Ooh. That's a 31. Almost. Uh, critical. Uh, you are able to to grab it, though, before it flies away. Uh, kind of um, hold it in such a way it, it won't be able to, to bite you. And you're able to withdraw from it. Um, just a very small note, maybe, maybe somewhat cryptic, that reads, If ye insist on sailing these seas, a gift is required to obtain your marquee. Uh, make for port from whence ye came, for not old Kurdak is to blame. I need to roll some lore on all of this. <laughs> I want to know put all this in this. Discord so I can read it. <laughs> yeah, well, everybody can read it. Could you, please? Yeah. I'm sure it's a pesky riddle of some kind. Well, mm. I don't know if you share this forward. with not all the other crew members, but the four of you can look around and, uh, you're guessing this port from whence he came, this might be someone in the know that you all were shanghai You were put to, to irons and taken from poor peril uh, many months ago. Who is old Kurdak? Now, Cassius, even without a role, would know that. And uh, I think you've heard the term as well, at least seen a symbol of this pirate emblazoned on new doubloons. Um, it's... Uh, the Hurricane King himself, Kurdak Bonefist, is the current King of the Shackles, the pirate lord in charge of the council and the owner of, of Port Peril, basically itself. I don't think, I mean, and Patrick, you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Cassius would take this as not great. Um, essentially, what it seems to be saying is that if we want to keep sailing and the way we are a tithe is essentially going to be required to the free captains to probably <clears throat> the hurricane king himself uh and uh you know cassius obviously is fine with with the free captains but uh he, he also isn't necessarily one to look to i think he's very one of the, he's one of the people who thinks that a organization of pirates is, is a little silly <laughs> Silly, but the law of land. Uh, you've never sailed under uh, what is mentioned here in line two before um, a letter of Mark, yeah. uh, Marquis. Um, but it is indeed like a, a permit signed and made very, very public amongst the, the, the free captains and captains um, as it is signed in blood by the... Captain Kurdak Bonefist, uh, the Hurricane King of the Shackles. And it's kind of like the next step to legitimize um, a, a pirate ship that 
basically brands you a target from every other nation's sailing vessels. Like if you're found with one of these letters signed by the Hurricane King, it's pretty much instant death. But it also affords you in the shackles greater mobility um, and allows and some you protection, protection, some more rights as a pirate. And yep. um, in general, people that follow the code, the pirate code, smaller vessels will kind of like steer clear of you. And uh, yeah, just cements you as an official pirate member of the fleet. So I think Cassius would see this and, and say something along the I was wondering how long we'd be allowed to have our own way in these waters before having to pay tribute, and it seems like the time to call has come. Uh, this news is grim, and I do not enjoy walking into the heart of the free captain's politics itself, but to fight this would be foolish, so I guess we must make sail and make away. Whoever sent this note, obviously it's not signed. You, you get the feeling it's not from Kurdak Bonefist or maybe someone in his camp. Um, call him an old Kurdak. It's a little disrespectful for someone who is basically king of the pirates. Um, yeah, not, not sure who exactly sent this, but perhaps it is, like you said, maybe a warning, maybe some, some good advice. I mean, it'd be good to investigate either way. Um, but yeah, as you're um, you're thinking about it, I think Cassius might realize that the this chair that you've not been able to unload because it is worth, I mean, it's worth like five points of, of plunder, um, about half of your hold full of, you know, goods and wares and stuff, 500 gold pieces. This might be enough of a tribute to get you an audience with the Hurricane King himself. Um, and if okay. you're if you're able to do that, you might be able to get a, a letter of uh, marquee, and that opens up more doors, more more potential for folks. Um, you know, on a side on a side mm -hmm. note, one of the other things we need to do is swing by Tidewater Rock. Mm -hmm. and, we promised uh, to give him a few things, so when yeah. we when once we're able to make purchases, we should swing by there afterwards. Well, like I said, we're we're time jumping a hand ahead, so you will we already have done had, it then. Yeah, I mean, you will have plenty Sweet. of time to to go back there, give them a, a lot of supplies. Like I said, you're you're not like so insanely rich that you can <laughs> uh, quit piracy forever, but from this uh last trip alone like everyone on your ship has made at least 15 gold pieces which is a lot of money um, that's like a rune <laughs> <laughs> well for maybe not a lot of money for for adventurers for the captain yeah. or, or what yeah. have you but for uh, <laughs> for scrimshaw jack he is living it up <laughs> Scrim Scrimshaw Jack has made himself a swimsuit out of just gold pieces. <laughs> he, he, he just jangles around. All 16 yeah. pieces of yeah. oh, uh, pieces of eight. He can buy a new whittling knife. No, yeah. he does. He, Is that what he does? What don't does remind he do? Him. Scrimshaw. <laughs> yeah. No, he whittles. He's, he does yeah. what he does whatever he does whatever seems to be uh problematic in the moment. <laughs> um yeah, and like I said, um, having those letters uh, 
would also free you up um, to potentially get an invite if you could get like endorsement from a free captain to enter the free captain's regatta, which Candoso knows through the grapevine uh, is, and it's an annual race around the eye of Abendego. Um, it has not been extremely popular in a few years. Um, less and less captains have, have signed up for it because for five years running, it has been won by one pirate free captain, uh, an enigmatic sailor, the, the master of Drenchport, known only as the master of gales. It's a, said to be extremely powerful and, and senior arcane member of the druidic um, path. The master of every person named Gale? <laughs> all he, gales bow to the master of gales. Controls all gales, and he can he can give you the name Gale as well. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm the master of Esthers. Oh. Uh, this year, so though, like substantially fewer. <laughs> <laughs> Most every port you put into, though, there's a lot of hubbub about who all and how many ships they're going to allow into this year's regatta because this year, the master of gales is not racing, but is instead the adjudicator of the race. Interesting. And whoever wins said race is invited to the next step to becoming a free captain themselves. And you, Alaris, you're pretty sure that this is the path that your uncle Olivier was trying to go down as well and becoming a, a free captain. And... Perhaps going to Port Peril, finding out uh, maybe from other pirates will will help you follow in his footsteps. Maybe help reveal what fate befell him and Honto on on finding out about the the letter of Marquis and more ways these these pirates work. Uh, you're pretty sure that if the Tidebreaker continues on its his voyages, something like that might allow the ship greater access to different ports and perhaps help unlock the keys of the mystery of where are these other two pearls of power of the Ligurni. They were said oh, to was, be... He was already pretty much ride or die with this crew at this point because um, trusting the the the, the path and, uh, and remaining where he was is what got him to the first pearl, so mm. he's compelled to remain regardless of whatever course of action they take uh yeah i mean it, it is it is a deep mystery you're not sure exactly how the lokathob tribe acquired it but it was said that they were pillaged by shackles captains decades ago and ostensibly have indeed made their way to various treasure hordes perhaps in the southern isles south of the eye um yeah yeah and, and cassius whether you like the pirate council or not, you know, um, it is it is one of those ways to become a more feared and respected pirate, gain more more clout in in the shackles. Um, are you guys ready to continue on this, the next steps of your adventure and and head into Port Peril? No. What would you like to do first? Time to have a really big party. (laughs) (laughs) Guess what, everyone? It's beach episode time. Bye. B B team, get out here and fight some sea crabs. (laughs) (laughs) 
if any of them make them to our beach party and disturb our fun, <laughs> 10 lashes on the main mast. <laughs> <laughs> we just start the AP over with uh, with B team revolting against oh, yeah. <laughs> We're we're Barnab- I'm Barnabas Arrogant. Captain Cassius uh, is a monster and yeah. his his whipping boy Anto is the worst. <laughs> Yeah. Do you honestly think that Honto would whip someone? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because <laughs> violence begets violence. <laughs> yeah. No, no I mean, you cycle, may not, you may not whip them. You definitely don't whip them with a whip. <laughs> yeah, no, the, yeah, the, the cycle stops with, with Honto. There's no there's no uh, uh, martial punishment here. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Well, um, <laughs> remember, uh, oh, what was his name? The Pugilist? Um, what was his name? It, <laughs> Knuckles uh, Gripe. Knuckles Gripe. <laughs> you stomped in his throat. Uh, oh believe... no, Hunters killed people. <laughs> Bad men. Yeah, I, I, I believe <laughs> Isabella Locke got the last kill. <laughs> So you'll kill bad men, but you won't whip bad men? Where's the line? <laughs> no, no, no. We're not right talking there. about bad men. We're talking Whipping. about people. We're talking about people who 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 disobey or fail orders. That's different. Oh, thing. okay. okay. So it's not a bad person. It's somebody I see, who I, see. I like. I like to fast. think in in the months uh, that we're time skipping here, Hanta just becomes like every time he sees someone mess up on the job, they like tense up as he walks over, but he's like. Let me show you how to do it right. <laughs> no, that's that's I've that's had, how I've it, had so many whippings over how not to mess up the sales. That's how he's been doing his job this whole time. He's just been doing positive reinforcement. Like oh, he man. he helps people when they're not doing well. Oh man, so many people, so many people, very very happy with Honto's style as opposed to uh, Master Scourge and uh, the old uh, uh, plug. Captain. Mr. Plug. Mr. Plug. Right. So uh, a few weeks later, and we see the Tidebreaker sailing into Port Peril for the first time past the Sentinel Fortress of Lukerhold, the expansive island forming Crescent Harbor around the bay. There are hundreds of ships of all sizes here. Yours stands out, uh, though, amongst many of them as one of the the tallest masted. Uh, And as you put into port, there are dozens of smaller um, uh, boats that that row up to yours and kind of um, surround you, maybe attach themselves like remora eels and and paddle alongside. And there's salesmen and beggars and religious zealots and craftsmen. Uh, kind of seeing that you, your ship is dipping below the waterline a little bit and uh, assuming everyone on board is filthy rich. And obviously, Scrimshaw Jack is like just throwing coppers everyone's like, we made it big. We did. <laughs> we got old Cyrus Wolf's treasure hoard we have. As long as it's his share, he can do with it what he wants, right? Uh, th- there are some um, amongst the, the Scrimshaw throngs. Jack is underage. We actually need to put that into an account that will accrue interest <laughs> over time. So when he's of age, he can withdraw and do something reasonable with his finances. Yeah, can we me? open a 529 account for him? Get him <laughs> yes. some college education. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Bank of Port Peril. Wait, we're at a pirate bank? This is this is not going to go well. You're like, you're, you're holding him by the scruff of his jacket and he's just trying to stab you as you're like opening up a, a, a Rothko account. <laughs> just, ah, no! <laughs> I want to spend it on booze and echoes, I do. Ah. <laughs> oh. No, don't let me be financially responsible. Uh. Um, 
yeah, I think, you know, some people are, are calling out and uh, see the the name of the ship and maybe they've already heard stories come through and someone calls out from one of the boats a uh, uh, a, a gentleman caller and says, oh, is this, is it true? Is this the vessel that holds the bell ringer? She that sent well-boned pilk to the briny depths. Hi, that's me, and Alaris will step forward with a parrot on her on her shoulder, looking very piratey. <laughs> oh, it's so piratey! Uh, and then, uh, yeah, obviously, Nahim uh, steps up next to you and says, uh, uh, "Yes, and we would love to tell you the story how we bested the the undead pirates." Um, some local celebrity here. Some people may be hearing the name Tidebreaker for the first time, but. Uh, it does make a, a bit of a scene as, the, you know, it's maybe an hour or so after you get into the port before the authorities here, a uh, harbor master and some tax collectors are able to make their way aboard and assign you berth in a nearly destroyed pier in lower east wind. And obviously by the time you set in there, let me show you a map of Port Peril. By the time you set in there, there's a large crowd of kind of back behind the docks. They're not they're not waiting to meet you on the docks. Uh, and maybe that's because there is an auspiciously burly armed man of, of orcish heritage standing well before them on the, the beams of the dock, maybe 20 feet up front by himself. And the crowd is decidedly standing behind him, um, who seems to be awaiting your arrival. As yet. How did Kovic get there? <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah, it kind of looks like Kovic. Let me, let me, let me take us to map path called Port Peril Pier. Here's, here's a, a look at this this guy. It's an orcish pirate kind of dude. He looks pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's kind of what a one uh, gold uh, tusk. Very nice. Oh, oh yes, yeah. got to replace it. If you scar lose it. over his eye. So he's very nice. Many a scar. He's got a gold ring. Um, hoop ring between his nostrils. Um, as you guys set up, uh, what would you like to do? Are you, are you calling out to this gentleman? Yeah, I think Cassius would hop down from the deck mm-hmm. and uh, just say, Ahoy there! Fine, sir. We are the crew of the Tidebreaker here to make berth, and I have a throne to bring to the Hurricane King. Oh, we've heard of your arrival. Uh, my name is Sadok Goldtooth, and I'm on uh, this dock here on behalf of my captain, the Hurricane King Turdak Bonefist. Uh, me and me men here are are here uh, uh, as we heard through the grapevine of the Tidebreaker. We heard you. You perhaps seek an audience with the King of the Pirates. You say you have a, a gift for him. Aye, a throne carved by giants, suited for a giant. Something I think the king himself would be quite pleased to see or sit on or do whatever it is he pleases. Um, it, yes, the king, is, is he a big man? Sort of a <laughs> taftish fellow? He's larger than life. Ah, he he, he kind of turns around for a bit and plays more to the crowd behind him, but kind of cocks his head back so you guys can hear him shouting to the crowd and to your ship. Uh, and as you can see, there are a few hundred people assembled. Um, some of them do look 
like they are well-armed and armored um, pirates themselves who seem to kind of react wildly to to gold tooth kind of laughing at your ship maybe blowing raspberries in your direction um, as gold tooth continues and says oh well there's seems to be a problem there in meeting the hurricane king as no one's ever heard of the tidebreaker before captain cassius oh but plenty have heard of stories of the driftwood pirate and I refuse to let some flea-ridden keel hauler into audience with the greatest pirate captain the world's ever seen. Now that's interesting that you say that, because things have changed a little bit since the days of of the Driftwood Pirate and his misfortunes. Now I've dragged a stone throne that weighs more, almost more than me ship here. And if I have to drag it all the way to the Hurricane King himself, with your body squished underneath it. Well, then that'll just be part of the tribute, mate. Uh, he, he starts laughing and slapping his knee, and if, if you guys knew what level barbarian he was, he'd probably <laughs> uh, be very afraid right now. But uh, he, he continues on and, and says, Ah, <laughs> just what I thought I'd hear from the likes of you who's got no papers to speak of, no letter of marquee, no free captain to vouch for you, but I'm here to put you back on your ear and toss you out into the ocean from whence you came. Well, sir, we'll, well, sir, we'll just take our chair and go elsewhere. We'll find a new pirate king. <laughs> With blackjack. <laughs> that is, you're not stepping foot on dry land. Not in my city, unless your captain and his officers, Tidebreaker, meet my challenges three. Uh, Tyler, Cassius knows well that the pirate code does allow those without letters of marquee to perhaps be required uh, to submit to testing. Um, show you have the stuff here to even someone like uh, Goldtooth, who's not a free captain himself. But you also know that you can refuse, um, though with so many people watching and gossip spreading like it does in board peril, it might equate to a loss of credit, reputation. Uh, Cassius will smirk and uh, shout out, Goldtooth, I'll accept your challenges, but you have to at least promise me to make them at least worth trying. Oh, 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 oh. oh I've set the DC's Plenty high for ye. <laughs> Let us see. Uh, Good man, Goldtooth. So, uh, is that permission for me and me crew to come aboard? The Tidebraider welcomes you, Goldtooth. Mm. Uh, there's there's some applause from the crowd as a few swarthy figures break away and, and climb on board uh, right up the gangplank after Goldtooth their leader here. Um, Patrick, I have it, a question. Do we have mm -hmm. the throne up on the deck right now, or is it down in the hold? I th it just I seems mean, so gigantic. It's yeah, gotta be on the deck. So, I mean, so like, Im imagine a regular chair or throne. It's probably like twice as big, so maybe like 12, 13 feet tall. I think you could probably lay it down in the hold, you know, yeah. if you wanted. If you wanted, you could have it look like sticking out up from yeah. the, the deck so like, below. I mean, the reason I ask is because 
Alaris would like to sit in it and use her courtly grace's feet to be a pirate noble. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. I love this ability. I love this skill so much. He shows up on the ship. Goldtooth shows up on the ship, just starts strutting around like he owns the place, tugs on the rigging, and then comes to the back of the vessel where he sees you sitting on the throne. Sure. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. What do you, what do you say here? He's a little taken aback because it's a very large throne. I say yes. You look uh, very manly, strutting around, showing your muscles, your scars. But who's sitting in the throne? Captain, uh, who 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 would this be here with these with these delightful courtly graces about her? Aye, <laughs> this being my first mate. Alaris, she is the one that rumors have spread and call her Bellbreaker, for she's the one who drove a sword through Whalebone Pilk and sent him to the bottom. I suggest you pay some respect. She's ridden a little bit of a hot head ever since that moment, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I've, I've rolled two on his sense motive check, so he's like, she killed Whalebone Pilk, he say. Aye. I'll steer clear of that one, all right. <laughs> Uh, you have at your command an ample ship, many a pirate hand, but that doesn't make you pirates. It just makes you festival clowns all dressed up and caked, make them pretend to be fierce. Now let's see what you are made of, really. Hmm? There's some maybe booze from the crowd outside as they have heard tales some of them, of the Tidebreaker. And you get the sense that maybe this gold-toothed orcish man with a brutish attitude is not extremely well-liked. So the crowd's a little mixed bag out there, and they will kind of push in on their boats around your vessel and uh, on the the dock to to try and catch glimpses of, of what these Trials 3 could be. Uh, right, so, first test. Test ye first. <laughs> I need ye to prove you're all just sailors and not planks of wood and fancy pirate jackets. I pick one of ye men, and I'll pick one of mine. They'll climb the mizzenmast while you, one of yours, Cassius, climbs the main, and whoever unfurls the sail and sets it from the top yard wins. Simple enough challenge, eh? Aye. I'll give you my best rigging runner. Guys. Raheem the Naga Killer. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is very similar to the, the the ropes race challenge from like episode three of the show, I think two or three. Uh, if you guys remember, this is indeed a race that's going to require potentially a lot of athletics, maybe some pirating lore, some strength, acrobatics, that kind of thing. Uh, who who does Cassius trust? Is is it up to the captain himself, or is, it a, yeah. is this a Honto situation? Yeah, I think Cassius would walk over to Honto and and just maybe put two hands on his on his shoulders and just say, "What's that, you Honto? You want to show these wannabes what a real climber can do? You want me to embarrass them that badly? I I would like you to embarrass them." Quite badly. 
guys i'm not i'm i'm really not prepared for level seven characters i really hope i i set these dcs correctly <laughs> if you like roll me out the water I, I, i'm uh, sorry for a second. i just want to set the stage that alaris is watching all of this like the queen in medieval times mm-hmm. <laughs> she's <laughs> having a like, great we are. <laughs> you, you clap your hand yes. and scrimshaw jack is next to you like Oh, what can I get you, miss? Oh, and Owlbear is right there as her bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> with a, with like a Pepsi. Like a... <laughs> More fresca for the lady. <laughs> <laughs> Just like endless turkey legs being carried in from the side. <laughs> Cassius is looking around like, when did I lose control so quickly? <laughs> um... For a second, Tyler, I thought you were going to say he put two hands on Honto's shoulder and move him aside and is like, Bartleby, you! <laughs> <laughs> I, need you I need you, Bartleby, to climb the rigging. You're so small and fleet of foot. Surely, surely you can climb. I've never seen you do it, to be honest, but I, I put my trust in you. Just he never Honto. made it past the second not in gym class. So. <laughs> yeah. Just have Honto throw him up there. I know. Like, that's what I was going to say. Then he turns back to Honto. Throw him. <laughs> so, I mean, I think Honto is like kind of the beefiest beefcake on the tidebreaker. Is anyone, do you think, stronger? I think we've established Owl is closest. Yeah. Yeah, he's, a, he's he's strong, but he's also a little wiry. I mean, and Sharga, but she is mm. low level, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Sharga, I mean, if she was them. equal level, but isn't, so not. Right. Yeah, um, no, I, I think Sata Goldtooth maybe sees Sharga and just gives her a couple of eyes and is like, I'm I'm here all night. <laughs> if if <laughs> you you're looking for an arm wrestling match, me lady. Sharga, for once in her life, avoids eye co- eye contact for the rest oh, of the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when they walk away, Cassius nudges Gold to is like, if you get a chance, talk to her about black dragons and how much you hate dragons. <laughs> Likes that a lot. <laughs> oh, I love dragons myself. One of my favorite <laughs> mythical creatures. Oh, Top three. Don't say, don't say that part. Just leave, leave that part out. You might have to. Uh, um, um, just out of curiosity, uh, yes. do we know if like using magic is sort of frowned upon in these? Oh, please, please ask tests? as Kando. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hold up a magical staff and I say, what about this? <laughs> <laughs> Can I use this? Gold tooth comes over to you says, no mystical magic spells allowed. No, oh. no flights or fancies. I no conjuring fairies to do your work for ye. Captain, oh, I'm this, pretty much out of it. Sorry, Captain. Is, is this? No, it's okay. You did your best. Is this your your selection here? Your your mate, Honto. I, I, re- I reckon it would take a legendary climber to best Honto. Uh, speaking of which, he will put both pinkies in the the sides of his lips, uh, lips and, and, and give out a very shrill flute-like whistle. Uh, Goldtooth uh, passed his his massive canines and his pirate crew around the edge of the ship kind of clears up and walking up the gangplank. Um, at first you see nothing except extremely large captain's hat making its way on board the ship. Uh, eventually you can tell that there's a small creature underneath it. He turns his head and you see a, a greenish brown flesh behind a long full fluffy white beard is a 
piratically looking pirate monkey goblin with a long beard attached by string around his his goblin ears, uh, wearing a tricorn hat, an eye patch, a long rapier on his waist, and a, a pretty thick-looking monkey's tail that pops out the backside of his tiny trousers. Uh, Goldtooth says, May I present to you one of the fiercest sailors I've ever met. A sailor so rough he's stolen the beard off a dwarven lord. He tried to drink the Pirate King under the table. This is the one and only Dwarf Beard the Pirates. This one could actually be quite of a problem. Good luck, Otto. I actually, I am rooting for you. <laughs> Guys, I have art. <laughs> Not official, but uh, from uh, from Hero Forge. <laughs> This is, of course, not a part of Skull and Shackles, but an official part of our podcast now is this the winner of the submission of Make a Pirate NPC Challenge for our Patreon listeners earlier this year. Oh, no. So it's legitimately a monkey? It is a monkey goblin, which is a a heritage of goblin. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware of that. With a with a tied on by string beard that he snatched off a dwarf. This is his background. Uh, this is submitted by our good friend of the shows, plural, uh, all around Minch, good guy, the one, the only uh, Patrick, aka other Patrick, aka Clueless. Yay, Clueless! Ah, Clue. Uh. <laughs> Uh, I don't think he gave me a voice for Dwarf Beard, but this is the one I came up uh, came up with. Dwarf Beard looks at you all, kind of like stands up on his haunches and these thick black boots, kind of clicks them together and says, uh, Who be brave enough to take on the likes of me, Dwarf Beard? <laughs> you, you, you see Cassius just turn the other direction as he just looks into the sky because he's like, I can't laugh. Can't laugh. Can't laugh. Must not laugh. <laughs> I think uh, Hanta will size up this individual for a moment and then uh, he'll uh, walk forward and then uh, I guess bend at the waist enough so that he can offer a hand. That would be say, your opponent today. I think I think you're maybe twice as tall. Perhaps. <clears throat> oh, I need to. I need to bring up the email with the character sheet. <laughs> That's one thing I don't have in my notes. Um. Thank you to everyone that submitted uh, NPCs uh, for this challenge. Once again, from when we were recording this was like four months ago. Uh, but <laughs> Pyro Monkey named Dwarf Beard is just going to win. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He'll uh, give you a hearty arm shake as well and says, let's do this. Um, so once again, it's, it's a pretty straightforward race and you... Honto, no, you have to climb up a, you know, a, the mast of the ship, which is 60 foot to get to the, the yard arm. And then you can either walk along it uh, on each side with an acrobatics check, or you can climb, uh, you know, use athletics to climb out there. And you have to untie four knots, and each requires either some brute strength or profession sailor, or, you know, um, if you have the uh, fishing lure, you know, just untying knots would be part of that as well. And then finally, it's a strength check to just toss the 
sail over the the mast itself. Uh, normally something done by a few people, but um, sizing up your opponent, he looks pretty spry. Um, and for a small goblin, looks pretty strong too. How you feeling? I'm feeling confident enough, honestly. All right, let's let's get to it. Uh, um, we're just going to we'll, we'll roll athletics if, if you want uh, for initiative uh, to see who goes first, uh, okay. so you can kind of pop off the fastest as um, our good friend uh, Sadak Goldtooth will, um, you know, like raise a, a flag up and, and get you guys up your starting positions on each of these masts. Okay, let's see. Got a 27, which, you know, it could be better. Could be much worse. Yeah, you rolled a 12. Yeah. That's fair. Yep. Got got a little bonuses because this is a climb check. Let's roll. Oh, Patrick, roll better. Uh, I've rolled well. And it's not the that's the subtitle of both cosmic crit and dead men roll no crit. I've rolled pretty well, and <laughs> technically, I am cosmic crit. Patrick rolled better. Technically, I am going first. And for three actions for our good friend Dwarf Beard, uh, you see him effortlessly scampering up the the mizzen mast of, of, of your ship. Uh, he's able to get up without seemingly any effort without breaking a sweat uh 45 feet of the 60 in one turn um, yeah it's it's pretty impressive these goblins are known sometimes be excellent climbers uh honto we're on to you what is your what's your strategy getting up this this mast okay so you said that the options were to climb directly or to use acrobatics to walk up the the line no once you get to the mast which is you know perpendicular to the ship um or or once you get to the yard arm you can you can use acrobatics to walk on on top of it but the first part is just straight up climbing first part is the old bread and butter athletics checks sure sure now you can potentially do assurance um to, to move a, a certain amount each round or um, you know you can potentially get critical successes right. by, by rolling technically you can roll a one and fail still right. but that's what, the, um, the trade-off what is like so what what's the what's the number to distance ratio here for this game uh, so what is your movement speed? Um, my movement speed is 40. Right. So I think you are just moving into the next tier of, uh, of climbing speed. I was looking at this earlier today. Uh, on a success, you move 15 feet on a critical success. No, on a success, 10 feet, critical success, 15 feet for a single action. So if you critically, oh, for a single action, I see. Yeah. If you critically succeed at, uh, all three climb checks, you will keep completely neck and neck with him as he moved up 45 feet. So that tells you how he did it? <laughs> uh, not technically. I mean, uh, I can pull back the curtain and tell you guys, he just has a climb speed. Oh. Damn, yeah. he's a 45-foot climb speed? He has a 15-foot climb speed. He 
Yes, because oh, you oh, did three actions. Three yeah, actions. Yeah. I keep forgetting the three actions. Keep keep up. Oh. I have a I'm question. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Can I utilize Key Rush? I don't see why not. Okay. I mean, that's like an innate ability. Um, I'm not casting a spell or nothing, as far well, as they know. I'm just doubles, using my monk abilities. Doubles your speed? Uh, it allows me to move twice in one round. So, like so in, uh, in one, one action. action, sorry, or for one action. Okay. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's so, so you should, if you roll that well, be able to exceed him this turn with a key rush. Yeah, let's so see. Getting four movements. Yep. Okay. Uh, what does the 21 get me? So it's DC 10. Uh, so that is a critical success with a six on the die. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, Go just, Seth! You know, I'm gonna use. I'm gonna utilize assurance for all other be- others because that gets me to 21 for each. Okay. Uh, well, now that you know that, boom, you bypass him by about 15 feet as we go on to his turn. Uh, a single action gets him to the top, and he. I mean, Hunter just climbed 60 feet in <laughs> in, in the span of six seconds. I think that's probably yeah. worth noting. Uh, yeah, I uh, mean, Cassius feels better about his bets. Alaris is clapping, golf clapping just, from, yeah. from the throne. I just imagine the claws just dig in and you move almost as fast on even land as you do completely vertical. I imagine he probably utilizes may- a lot of like lifting and, and jumping. So it's not like, like a scramble. It's more of like a grab and then yanking himself up and just kind of like. And, and if anybody's watched Speed Climbers, this is not crazy into fantasy land so you know sure all right let me i'm gonna mark out some some territory now that we're on the the top sail here uh each of these are about 15 feet away and it will take an action for dwarf beard to get to the top uh, where you're already at, and he's going to climb out to the first one as a second action, and then do a profession sailing check to untie the knots. A sailing lure, and it's not it's not great, but it's not like a super high DC. Well, critical success, so whoop, it immediately becomes undone. Um, Honto, we're on to you. Um, you know, there's uh, starboard and port side, either way you can go on your own mast uh, to start untying these knots. What would you like to do? I think you would like to go to one end and then move his way across. Okay, so can you key rush again? I do have two key points, so yes, I could do it again. Okay, well, it's up to you. So one is about 25 feet out at the end, at the uh, the. Cabin. Again, my move speed is 40. So if you're balancing, it counts as difficult terrain. If you're climbing, then we're going to be doing an athletics check. Okay. Um, well, but I'm going to I'm gonna see if I want to use Key Rush. I'm not going to use it yet. Let's um, say if, if you, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Assurance, the athletics check, you can get out there in two actions. Is it athletics or acrobatics? Yeah. To, to climb athletics, if you want to just balance uh, acrobatics. I'm going to try acrobatics, actually. Okay. Um, oh. I'm going to use my hero point. Natural one. <laughs> Please do, as I, I think this is like a little... Oh, my. oh no! 
Oh no, two what? natural ones in what? a row. Why did you stick with the shards? No, this is a one in 400 chance. I need you to make me a reflex save. Literally the only number you could have rolled to make this happen. I'm okay. All right, so that is to uh, catch an edge as you do fall uh, and are able to grab the rigging and you fall about half the distance to the deck before you catch on a, a rope and are able to start pulling yourself back up, uh, climbing the rope with, with athletics. Um, Two this, ones, are you serious? At this point, if you want a key rush, you can get back up to the, the main mass, but I mean, everyone down below is just heart in their, uh, their throats as you hear a huge <gasps> from from both the crowd and the tidebreaker crew, and then yeah. they see you spinning on the end of a rope at the the end of this. Um, obviously, Captain Cassius Goldtooth looks over and says, "Oh, your your boy's strong, but he doesn't have the balance required to be a pirate." That was yeah. a one in four hundred opportunity <laughs> for your guy. I don't don't be thinking you're gonna get that lucky ever again. <laughs> oh goodness but, gracious! Like, seriously, this this high variance. Uh, role-playing system. <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't have the balance. He's a he's a master in acrobatics. <laughs> he's got the balance. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's some <laughs> there's some waxy buildup from where uh, what's his name uh, Scrimshaw Jack is up there polishing uh, polishing his his whale bones. <laughs> I was gonna say, be very careful where you. <laughs> with that sentence. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he's polishing off his his bones up there and <laughs> carving them out, and, and there's some and there's some waxy residue up there. Yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of oh, wiggling this, going on. This, this is let's okay. So you're gonna use key rush and get back up to the thing, guys. Yeah. Uh, action two. I'm gonna uh, use key rush to get back up to the top, Patrick. Seth, you've rolled two twenties back to back multiple times, and I I sure. love high variance. I love that one in four hundred <laughs> things happen. Uh, this has got a lot more exciting now. I just don't like it when your competent character looks like an idiot all of a sudden. <laughs> like it just doesn't make much sense. Well, I uh, think well, I, I go ahead. Are, are are you accustomed to operating under pressure? Maybe that's the explanation. Honto. Yeah, are, are you a a are you good at having all these eyes on you all of a sudden? Hundreds of eyes. I feel like it's happened a few times. Yeah. I always think anyway. I always think of things like this as like it's not necessarily your like Honto's skill level. It's like I would like to say maybe it was like a newbie Worst who put case who, scenario. Yeah, and, yeah, and like as you're going up, which you've done probably dozens of times, someone just didn't put it back the way that it's been back like dozens of times before, and it just. You know that's that's just kind of what happens uh sure, even sure. in real life when you do something a thousand times when you might just totally mess up the thousand and first time oh, all right yeah. so anyway check it out as i so i still have one action left right i think two well oh if you if you key rush and climb back up then you'll have one yes uh mm -hmm. so watch as i roll a third one to try to get out to the end <laughs> no <laughs> he called it he absolutely Seth, called it. No. He just Babe Ruth, like a natural I've never, I've only ever seen this happen like one other time. I think time. your acrobatics check is like your macro is cursed. 
Just Damn use Grimshaw Jack. Like, you have the option to climb out there. Why are you tempting fate like this? Seth! <laughs> I don't know. Is a one in 8,000 chance to roll <laughs> three ones on acrobatics. Uh, I mean, there's nothing okay. being said. This is the best episode I mean, you, ever. You have to. Seth, thank you. I. Boy. I mean, uh, there's really no risk. There's really no excuse for that. I mean, and now please make another reflex save and just, I'm sure. Can I make a reflex save one. to stay up at the top at least? Uh, no, I think you still fall by rules. Yeah, it's, it's grab an edge. Grab an edge, right. Stop like, yourself. The thing I fell off right. of. No, it's grab an edge, not grab it, the edge you fell off of. It. Uh, yeah, it, it slows your, your fall, basically, and... Uh, I think you fall half the distance still. Oh, there. Oh, but it's a <laughs> just there's two sides. It's a coin. It's a <laughs> it's a 50-50 coin for Seth. He's only this got guy. heads and tails oh, on his this dice. This guy's so about to I will demolish say us. The critical success, you catch the mast this time. You're holding on to the mast, so you do not fall any distance. But that is your turn. Sure is. And what a turn it was. (laughs) Everyone down below is just, I mean, they're selling tickets down there, popcorn. They're placing bets now. Uh, uh, Alaris is calling for rum. She just snaps her fingers (laughs) and Owlbear brings her more. I mean, so so Tyler, you asked me, why am I tempting fate? What what fate am I tempting? I get a plus 17. (laughs) Anything but you can use assurance and a climb hard. check. You don't have to roll and you get out there. Like, you do the sure thing, it would my take, dude. It would take two rounds, though. Yeah, well, you took three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hindsight, I know, but like. Uh, all right, um, so at this point. Patrick, can, uh, can Cassius seeing Honto struggling just a wee bit? Mm-hmm. I hate to ask this question. Can I cheat? Can we cheat? I don't know if you've ever heard of a pirate cheating in a competition before. I haven't much, but I'm kind of wondering if Cassius can't try to, like, use one of his many shiny trinkets to shine a light into Dwarfbeard's eyes and and create a distraction that might cause him to not roll so well on one of these (laughs) next rolls. It's it's fully... Well, he does uh, require two actions... Uh, to unfurl the second of his uh, sails. Mm-hmm. So it does slow down just a wee bit. But, uh, I mean, it's fully daylight and you are 70-something feet away. So shining a light will be a little difficult. Um, okay. Why don't you make me a perception check? Just trying to help out my boy. <laughs> we have Rock Guy. I, he can fly. Just saying. I That feels a little direct. 24? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> there's a section of this uh, test called shenanigans, which I love. That. <laughs> That's what it's already called. Uh, you can, what do you roll 24? <laughs> yeah, so you can move over to the mast that Dwarfbeard is, is working on and, um, you know, maybe the boom swing for the mizzen mast accidentally becomes unhooked and the rope goes slack and maybe it just comes and just knocks off dwarf beard by accident 
That, Maybe those it things does. happen on a ship, you know? Cassia should make sure that the ropes are firmly secured so that such a thing definitely doesn't happen. He'll go over to, he'll, he'll as everyone is, I'm assuming, looking up at our, you know, they're looking 70 feet up in the air. He's oh. going to make. All eyes are on Honto, believe you and me. Yeah, yeah. So Honto's created quite the diversion. So Cassius notices this and he heads over to that, that mast uh, and pretends like he's, you know, just trying to get a better view of what's happening up there. But uh, so no problem. But uh, I will say this will make the uh, stealth or deception roll uh, a mm-hmm. little bit easier. Um, okay. Uh, I'll, I mean, uh, deception whichever, is whichever you want to roll. Yeah, deception's highest, so I'll I'll do that. Uh, oh how about a natural twenty for a thirty-five? <laughs> this this episode is. Ones and twenties. Uh, <laughs> we've rolled six of them so far. Uh, that is more than a success, and I mean, you're you're able to like brush by the thing and like knock the cap off, and yeah. then as you like turn around, you you know make like a stretch motion and yeah. like hook it in your belt and just like do a little uh, hula hoop action and like un- unfurl it. Uh, that is, yeah. So all of a sudden, a rope, uh, you know, it's it's like a mousetrap kind of chain reaction. This uh, goes slack, and then like a couple pulleys off to the side of the ship start reeling, and then the um, the the boom, the four stay uh, boom, kind of swings out uh, across the yard, and I need to make. Uh, an acrobatics check for our, our new friend Dwarfbeard. Okay, and he has failed. Yes. That, which means uh, he—I mean, that's basically him rolling a one here. He has to make a reflex save to catch on. Yes. He does not make it, and uh, I mean, he falls through the the rigging, and uh, he is out on the edge of the ship. Uh, you hear a splash in the water below as he uh, falls between some of the boats and off of the tidebreaker. Uh, <laughs> Cassie shouts out, <laughs> Dear Besmara, that had to be like a one in 8,000 chance of happening on our ship. <laughs> someone throw that man. <laughs> someone someone get that man something that floats. <laughs> How's Honto doing? <laughs> I have a rope. <laughs> Honto, it's your turn. I'm sorry. I'm still heated about that last turn. Seth, do not listen to Tyler. Please continue to make acrobatics checks. I want to buy lotto <laughs> tickets tomorrow, and I want all the the, the juice luck kind of built up in, in this macro. All right. So what's the situation I'm looking at here? Am I still at the top? Where am I? So I, I will say it will be just a simple move action to uh, not even roll, just to uh, get yourself situated on top if you want to. I have it. Kip up. Would that help here? Yeah, you know, I'll allow it. Um, okay. So is that a free action? It is a free action. So yeah, you can like basically <laughs> go around the monkey bars on the, yeah. <laughs> the main mast and just like a handstand on it uh, uh, to get back up there. Uh, all, now, all of all of the flaws of high variance role-playing systems on display right now. 
I don't um, know what you're talking about. Cassius just knocked a goblin into the water. He's feeling oh, pretty good about himself. Oh my goodness. You guys don't even understand how, how much I, I love this episode already. Um, oh my gosh. Oh. Sure you do. You love seeing us fail. All right. Um, I was like, oh, this is going to be just boring skill checks for like 20 minutes while Hondo crushes <laughs> this monkey boy. He should. That's the thing. He should. But what does the dice say? Seth, paint me a word Yay. picture about how <laughs> this this natural one came about. What? Which natural one? I just uh, your previous one. I was I was. Uh, well, that's going back to the episode with the the matron fight where she rolled a twenty on reflex while unconscious. <laughs> right. Paint me a word picture. You said paint me a word picture, Patrick. Right. Yeah. Right. I, so when I was editing that episode, I died laughing. <laughs> um, so sure kills me. Uh, going from the previous um, from the previous uh, uh, turn to this one yeah. yes uh, a misplaced line or something like that uh, catches him off guard the first time and he falls yeah. he utilizes his incredible climbing ability to get all the way back up to the top only to trip on the now misplaced misplaced line <laughs> Uh, and manages like to with a amazing this, reflex save. This is definitely Scrimshaw Jack's side of the main mast. It's like a wreck <laughs> up there. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, he needs that so, college education. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like uh, Kevin McAllister said it was twice. <laughs> You're going through a Oh, jeez. Am I Joe Pesci? Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick's home aloneing Honto. That's so cool. Anyway. Uh, no, the dice are home aloneing me. All right. Oh, anyway. Man. So, yeah. On the second trip, he utilizes the momentum to grab the the actual... What is that called? So, like, the the, the, the part that comes out of the mast. What is that? The yard arm. Yard arm. Yard arm. Yeah, or he the grabs yard. the yard arm, and he swings back arms. up, and he lands on his feet. And now I have rolled another acrobatics check, which is a 23. Is that a success? Oh, yes, yes, and a critical success. I was gonna say, I actually have steady balance as well, so any success is treated as a critical success. With oh, acrobatics, okay. Well, which is also why I wanted to roll that, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that like, makes more sense. That makes more yeah. sense now that I you forgot you had that. You don't have assurance as acrobatics, but- I sure don't. It gives you, if you can roll a, a not a one, a critical mm -hmm. success anyway. So if I could roll not a one the three times in a row. I'm not going to lie. I only want you to roll more now. I don't know. I, don't, I shouldn't want that out of my, my friend and fellow player. But if you could roll like three more ones. Oh God. I'd be, I'd be on the ground. I love having my super cool, uh, uh, <laughs> athletic champion like <laughs> olympic quality athlete of of a yeah. character just slip and fall like on nothing yeah. <laughs> hey man they mess up at the olympics too uh go That's ahead true. and make me a, a, a saline lore or some other check to untie See, that's the uh, thing is I'm really upset that all this time got took up 
by the checks I should have passed because this is the only one I'm actually kind yeah. of worried about. Well, it was it was well, you, uh, sailing got... lore, athletics, or I can't remember what the other thing was to untie this. I, I can't use athletics, right? Fishing lore is fine. Fishing lore. Um, no, if you want to make a base strength check, you're just like yanking the, the, the rope free. Otherwise, okay. it's kind of a finesse thing. I'm going to try using mm -hmm. fishing lore. Yeah, go for it. Cool. Let's see how it goes. 22. Yeah, success. So boom. nice. One is unfurled for you. Okay. And, and can I use athletics assurance to move over to the next knot? <laughs> yeah. If you want to uh, uh, climb, climb over to it. Yes, I'll go ahead and do that. So I'm just ready at the second knot. So um, it will take a full turn for Dwarf Beard to get climb back up the side of the ship and get to the base um, of. Actually, he might be able to get up a little bit on the mess, but he does not get back up to the top this turn. Uh, go ahead and give me another turn, Honto. Okay. Does a 17 get the... Uh, yes. So okay. that's number two. And uh, is uh, about 15 feet out to the next one. Uh, do you want to climb out there as well? <clears throat> yep. <laughs> We're just uh, climbing now. That's why I wanted to go to one end first and just move across. Give us give us a third. Give us a third uh, check. Yes. It is DC 15, so success. And, and then moving to the final knot. And then that's the end of mine. Uh, well, no, you rolled. Uh, move you did two. Oh, oh not <laughs> move knot. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Uh, yeah. That will allow, boom, Dwarf Beard to get back up top. And, you know, you see him... Um, about 30 feet away on the other mast, <laughs> just shedding mm -hmm. water off his mm -hmm. back, but he gets right back on the horse. Uh, it'll be one more move action to get out to the the other end of the yard arm and uh, one more fishing lure check. Okay. Uh, so I will get out there and I will make one more fishing lure. Ooh. Natural two, that is going to be a failure. So you've got one more action if you want to hit it up again. Success. Okay. Um, I'm dwarf, so sorry, everyone. Dwarf Beard. Even when I'm not move. trying to take up time on this dang show, I take up time. <laughs> no, you did great. You did great. That was exciting. Dwarf Beard moves out the yard arm as an action, makes a roll, makes a success, and then gets out to the last of his knots. Uh, it's still neck and neck in anyone's game here. Go ahead and you've gotten all yours done, right? Yes. Yep. Uh, all you need to do is make a, a a fairly difficult strength check to toss, you know, the furled sail up over the yard arm. Just brute strength. I really wish that I had my hero point still. I know, but this you got this. Could be the defining moment. Fifteen. Uh, that is not enough. Are you serious? Not I hate these raw strength checks because look, oh, and you rolled Patrick's an eleven. Gonna, I know Patrick's gonna roll like a, a seventeen, an eighteen, yeah. right? What if this dwarf beard? Let's see. come on, sir. No, he is like he is no, no. Two come more on, tries, dice. Right? It's all dice. It's all the dice. All right. Well, first he's got to roll to get this last knot. So, well, wait. Doesn't he have two more tries? What? Oh no, Seth gets. Uh, yeah, no, you have two more tries. Oh, yeah, I was, I, I, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, Yuli, I was like, come on. <laughs> I thought that was this like a whole turn part. This judge is not part. This is an imp blah, 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 blah. Uh, Yeah, you're you're trying to muscle up. You know, <laughs> I, I don't even know how much a top yes! sale 
weighs, but it's like gotta be like thousands of pounds. Uh, after oh your second attempt, uh, I mean you might hear splinters in the wood as you're putting all the weight right underneath your muscles, and you are able to push it right over. <sighs> On the last strength check. Yeah, don't worry. This is what I would have rolled. Oh, I naturally <laughs> see. See? Yep. Yep. You. I said eighteen. I specifically wow. said eighteen. Yeah. Oh yep. man, it just rocks. Yeah. He, yeah, uh, he rolled a twenty on the knot and then an eighteen on the sail. Like he would have beat you easily. Oh boy, I was trying to to squeak it out there. Um. Oh. Uh. Yeah. And I mean, it's maybe three seconds after you. It, it, it's almost like they go down at the same time, but everyone down below. Uh, starts chanting out, Honto, Honto, Honto. So, so the 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 sail is dropping, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's uh, not in a position where it would catch the wind, but it is uh, catching some air and filling up, and uh, is is on its way. This, like I said, is typically a job at least six crew members would okay. oversee normally. So as the sail drops. Uh, Hanto's going to jump into the cloth and ride it down to the deck. All right, Peter Pan, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to do it to you, but make me acrobatics check. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Uh, Yay! Son of, son of a bee! Uh, right. Obviously, that gets the goat of Sadak Goldtooth, the showboating as you you ride down the sail and then, I don't know, catch the main mast and, and the treat it like a fire pole or something <laughs> just like candy stripe <sighs> down the rest of it yeah. uh and then you're soon followed by dwarf beard who will come up and and give you a handshake and says good job you as well we have to look out for these hazards uh, unfortunately it looks like we both fell victim to them uh sadek gold tooth will will come over and and congratulate you guys and say i think we can all agree with the outcome of that competition it was a tight one but i've seen some some professional sailing here today but you haven't proved yourselves yet let's set up for the next test try all the seconds someone get me a deco cards it's time for a friendly game of bastards fool I feel like I need to take a break and go get some alcohol because man, I need to take the edge <laughs> off of that whole do thing. Do it, do it, do it. Well, you're gonna uh, take a a small break as this card game and the pages of rules that I have to go through. It's a tale for another time here on Dead Men Roll. Oh, for real. This whole episode. Oh my god. <laughs> well. <laughs> really just because uh as as many skill checks as we just did there might be a lot more in uh in our our fun game i might go over the rules with you guys between this week and next. off air that might because, be smart uh, to do it's a fun game uh and i i will allow multiple people here to play it next time but uh boy howdy they don't they don't mind making up whole mini games in first edition they <laughs> They don't mind that they got the page count and they are willing to, to <laughs> they're ready to spend it. Yeah. Oh, there there was a I mean that happens a lot in Starfinder as well, I find. Um yes, sometimes I, I liked um well it happened in Dead Suns. Dawn, Sorry, Dawn not Dead Suns. Um, Dawn of Flame. Yeah. There's uh, so many 
uh, uh, casino games. There's the casino games. There's pretty uh, fun. There, there, are, there are several situations where there is a specific, sometimes hidden number going on, and uh, um, you as a GM have to keep track of what the players decide to do, and then it actually affects the outcome of the end of the game, uh, which is crazy. This is like, yeah, three, I got like three pages or two and a half pages of rules here, and we will get into it next time. Uh, until then, guys, thank you so much. This, this oh, game thank, was, you, Patrick. thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick, so much. And thank you, Seth. And Seth, I'm so sorry, but thank you for for doing this. Thank you for doing that for me. How, how do I how do I file a complaint to, to to roll roll twenty? Yeah. So uh, uh, I thought you were gonna say file a complaint to Patrick. I was like, hey, you can just send it to me. <laughs> uh, who's HR here? Like, I don't. <laughs> spoiler warning: Next week we will be using some physical dice for secret rolls. Secret rolls. Uh, guys out there, guys and gals and, and other uh, non-binary folks, thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon, supporting the podcast, uh, our freebie captains, everyone listening. Whoop, whoop. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time on Dead Man Rono Crits. Yarg. Yarg. Goodbye. Bring your best deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs>